0: I had a woman who came to me and she'd had nine rounds of IVF, and after six sessions with me, she was pregnant with twins.
1: You're listening to This Life Explains It All,
2: with the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world.
1: On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you.
2: We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on
1: time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show. So pumped for today's guest.
2: I cannot wait. So today we're talking to Julie Rice. She's a leading hypnotherapist, an NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and an expert on all things subconscious mind and how it impacts our life think that anyone listening is going to get a ton out of this. We are talking about everything from how hypnotherapy can heal fertility issues at any age to how we pick up limiting beliefs in childhood that can block us from having what we want and how we can clear them through accessing the subconscious mind to accessing gut intuition and in relationships, the idea of soulmates, and so much more.
1: Yeah, this is an incredible conversation, really mind-opening And I've worked with Julie before. I came to her initially when I was in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable person who wasn't right for me, but I didn't realize at the time. And the way that that was showing up for me was this crippling anxiety that I just could not get rid of. And somebody had told me that hypnotherapy is really good for anxiety. I've never heard of it before. So I Googled it and Julie's name came up. And I actually didn't even read any of the reviews. I just knew intuitively that I had to go see her. So I went to see her. We were sitting across from each other in this chair that I can remember vividly. And I just felt so comfortable and at ease with her. And we talked briefly about my situation, but then we went into the hypnosis. And what hypnosis is initially is really just a deep meditation. So The way I would describe it is you're so deeply relaxed that your body actually just feels like it's like melting into whatever chair you're sitting on. And that's kind of how I felt. Um, It may be different for everyone, but because I felt so comfortable with her, it was really easy for me to get into that state. It's not mind control. I was completely conscious during the whole time. It's not like in the movies where there's a pendulum swinging back and forth and then all this crazy stuff happens. It was literally just a deep meditation where I was completely conscious. And in that state, you're actually in what's called your theta brain. And you can only access that as an adult through hypnosis. And The only other time in your life when you're in that theta brain is from the years of zero to 14 when you're 100% in that mind. So what happens is anything that you're told during those years just sinks in like a sponge. What happened in the actual hypnosis was Julie led me to a point where I met my myself as a child and actually had an interaction with this child. And it sounds kind of weird when I'm explaining it, but it's more of like a visualization where you see and you feel so articulating it is a little bit different, but yeah. It was really, really powerful. And in that moment when I was visualizing this and I was in that state where my conscious mind wasn't active, so I wasn't like, oh my God, what would what I do? Is this right? Am I supposed to be seeing my child like that? It was more just like raw, like this is exactly how it was. And I acknowledged the things that maybe I didn't get in my childhood It could be parents. It could be teachers. It could be somebody that you went to school with that may have said something, but there are certain things that are lacking and there's things for everyone. How that showed up for me was not feeling good enough, wanting to do things and kind of be a little bit perfect in everything or get everything right. You know, a lot of things came up, but essentially the the bottom line is that the anxiety was showing up in my relationship because it was screaming at me like, this is something that you have to address within yourself. And what it was for me was that in order to be in a healthy relationship, I had to look at myself and realize that actually I'm the one who's emotionally unavailable. That's why I'm attracting those types of people. So It was through the work with her and through those sessions of hypnosis that I realized that and I did the work and now I am in a healthy relationship. So we're going to get into
2: it. One thing we want to call out is we were so into the conversation that we kind of forgot to ask Julie about Oh yeah, basically (laughs) explaining the subconscious mind. So we just want to call that out now. It's at the foundation of a lot of the things we will talk about. So just wanted to touch on what the subconscious mind is.
1: Yes, absolutely. So the subconscious mind is the part of the brain that is responsible for 95% of our behaviors. And these come from beliefs that were formed from the ages of zero to 14, like I mentioned before, when we were in that theta state. However, we're not aware of how much the subconscious mind is impacting our everyday life. So that's where hypnosis comes in. It's a way to change those beliefs that can result in relief in any areas of your life. Let's get to it. All right. Well, welcome, Julie. Thank Thank you you so much for being on. As you know that I've I've told you this before and Stefania definitely knows that you've been such a huge impact on my life and really the catalyst for where I'm at now and what I'm doing with my career. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, you're awesome. And we're so excited to have you on.
0: So, Oh, well, thank you for having me. It'd be very interesting to talk to you about whatever you want to know about the hypnotherapy world. I've been doing it for sort of 15 years now here in Sydney.
1: Yeah. And I remember when I first worked with you too, that was the first time that I had really gone. I didn't really know much about the hypnotherapy world at all when I first came to you. And I was like, oh, this is this is interesting like I've heard about it but yeah a lot of people are like that because they come in and they're like oh I've
0: never had hypnosis and some people can be really nervous when they first come in but once they've experienced it they're like wow it's the best thing ever because it's so sort of gets them to switch off and they can be very meditative and very calm and how they can go about things afterwards and a lot of people i have people that come here um just to experience that like i'll have ceos that just drop in because they want to go into hypnosis and find a solution to something going on or you know people use it for many many different things now
2: can you talk to us a little bit about what the work looks like for those of us who aren't super familiar with hypnotherapy and i know you do nlp as well
0: yeah of course Well, I normally see people between three to six sessions and I have specific programs that I do. So people will come for a number of different issues. One of my main areas these days is public speaking, anxiety and confidence. I sort of specialize in that. I do a lot of weight loss. I do addiction help. And recently I've done a lot more work with women with fertility issues and things like that. So that I would say they're probably
2: my main areas. Yeah. How did you get into this work? I was at a
0: really sort of strange point in my life. I'd sort of had a bit of a a media career and had a bit of a theater background and everything. And I found myself, I'd moved cities with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, And he said, you know, we left London and I kind of felt like I'd left that life behind. And he was like, what do you want to do? I said, I really don't know. So I started looking through the paper desperately. And then I saw this big blue box saying hypnotherapy and counseling course at Brighton University. And just something about the advert just spoke to me. And my whole background really has always been about psychology of people and getting to know, as you know, I started from an acting background, so I was very much into how do people think, what makes people the way they are. I was very much a method actor. So then I thought what I really love is, how do I put this? It's more sort of like the psychology behind people has always fascinated me. Like the way to make great change with people is to understand that everybody has a very different map of the world. Everybody's going around with different ideas. Some people will hear things, some people see things, some people feel things and people have a very different experience. And Mm -hmm. once you kind of can get behind how somebody thinks and feels, then you can really get into what makes them tick And how to change that, really.
2: Yeah. So you said you normally do three to six sessions. Yeah. So what's a memorable example for us on someone who came to you and transformed in three to six sessions? Like, what do they look like the before and after?
0: I had a woman who came to me and she'd had nine rounds of IVF and after six sessions with me she was pregnant with twins. Wow. And her husband phoned me up and he was like he just couldn't believe it and got a big bottle of champagne and when you get those kind of results that's just amazing when I get those kind of results for clients and that can happen.
1: What do you think it is? Like is it a subconscious thing? She was, I think, coming from this place that it had failed so
0: many times, so we had to get rid of all the times that had gone before and get rid of her fears and yeah, just really get her into that she could be very calm in what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. Because if people are in their sympathetic nervous system where you get the fight or flight response, then it's very difficult to get pregnant. Parasympathetic is known as the rest and digest system. It's how you feel when you've had a really nice meal and, you know, those kind of times when you're Mm -hmm. super relaxed. That's what hypnosis can do. And by getting her into that state... She was releasing a hormone called acetylcholine, which is like the chill-out hormone, and that can help you get pregnant, and we did a lot of work around visualizing that she came to me throughout the stages of going through that fertility process, and yeah, we got her to basically imagine these two little eggs taking hold inside of her, and we used her own imagery and everything. I think she wrapped them up in cotton wool or something like that, and then when she came, she said, they've taken, it's happened.
2: Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is fear or having failed in the past can have an impact on your ability to do or achieve something in the future. Is that, is that right?
0: Yes, of course. And a lot of hypnotherapy is about clearing past patterns mm-hmm. and getting rid of stuff that has gone before that's blocking you or obstacles that are there. And by doing that, you're getting people to move beyond that sort of negative thinking and programming that starts to happen
2: how might a woman who's interested in hypnotherapy for fertility know whether she is a good candidate
0: i think everybody's a good candidate if you come with an open mind and you come sort of ready for change we go into hypnosis many times throughout our day. We're mm-hmm. always sort of going into the subconscious. Um, you know, when you're sort of, I don't know if you drive, sometimes you just think, how did I even get here? You've been off somewhere in your mind, in yeah. the subconscious, working things yeah. out. and You think, wow, I'm here.
2: It's interesting because we know so many people that have fertility struggles or have had fertility struggles at all ages. So. We're in our early thirties, our friends who were trying even much younger and then older too. And so, I mean, from your perspective or from your work with women in the space, like what do you think is going on? I think it's
0: probably because women are required to work a lot more than they used Mm -hmm. to be. There's a lot more pressures at work and stress Mm -hmm. and overwhelm. And, you know, just even the idea of fitting in the time to do it. I mean, I'm working with women that are are still deciding whether they want to do it because mm-hmm. they're like, if I do do it, then that means that my career gets put on hold. I've got to this certain place. I'm working with somebody in media at the moment who is making that decision because she said, I'd love to have a baby, but I know if I leave my job right now, I'm not going to come back in the same place. Mm. So there's those other issues going on as well. I mean, women are expected. There's a lot more expected of women now. And then women are having to go back straight away after they've had their babies. And there's all those kind of worries, like how am I going to be able to support financially once the child's here. So there's a lot more worry I think around Mm -hmm. it that sometimes once we clear some of those blocks and say, look, you know, you want to be a mother, you're entitled to take this time off. Mm -hmm. I think look it's a wider issue that needs to be looked at as well. But I also you think we catch it off of each other and then people are hearing, well, it's really difficult now and then Also, women are leaving it later. So after the age of 35, then your fertility rates are going down.
2: How do you think about that? If someone older than 35 was coming to work with you? I think it's
0: fine because I had my children at 35 and 37. Yeah, I always say, I didn't have any problem at all. Yeah. It was
1: like, <laughs> yeah, it was
0: the right time for me. I don't think I
1: would have been able to do it before then. Yeah, every I time I been hear ready. that,
2: every time I hear that, it's like a huge sigh of relief. I'm like, I okay, know, thank God. God. Thank I know, i
1: like, I listened to a podcast the other day where somebody was 43 and she was like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, thank God.
2: I don't have to do it
1: just yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> every time
2: Catherine or I yeah. find an example of someone who is older, we share it with each yeah. other. We're like, we're okay. It's yeah. fine. Yeah that's right and my sister
0: had her last baby at 42 she just had her last baby
2: yeah
0: you know you can it's about relaxing and knowing that you still can You've got plenty of time. That, that's it. There's a time pressure as well that people yeah. feel it hasn't happened immediately. And then they get into this way of thinking.
2: That then has to be unprogrammed or reprogrammed, like you said earlier, same along the lines of the failure thing, right? Definitely. Yeah, okay.
0: So yeah, it's a lot of it. It's just getting them to be very calm, very relaxed,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. to know they've
0: got all the time in the world, that it will happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah.
1: That actually brings me to I remember there was one when we were working together, I was in a moment where a situation where I didn't know whether or not to leave or stay in the relationship that I was in. And I was experiencing so much anxiety around that relationship. And I remember you said to me that you're exactly where you need to be right in this moment. And that just I felt like a huge weight had just been lifted. I'd love to hear more about that. And I think it's relatable to the fertility as well. Like putting women and men too at ease that in your life, you're right on time. But how do we know in that moment that we're right on time? Because a lot of times you can be kind of emotional and not be able to see that. I think that's a really interesting
0: question. Actually, there's a process that I use actually, which is called timeline. I might've done that with you actually you know, some people need help with time. We're living in a world where there's so much going on there's so much technology and everything being bombarded with us and and it's meant to make life easier and you know it's not necessarily the case and people do need help with being much more in the moment everybody's rushing so far ahead or they're they're stuck in the past or you know so a a lot of my work is to bring them much more to what I call to be an in-timer rather than a through timer, which is, oh, it's good to set goals. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's good to be working towards something, but also not at the point of missing what's actually happening now. And, you know, we all need help sort of slowing down and appreciating and just looking at what we already have.
2: How might the work that you do with anxiety look different from some of the other things we've talked about?
0: Anxiety can come in many different forms. You know, I see people for phobic responses, a lot more fear of flying these days.
2: I went through this, and a lot of people I know have gone through this, where at maybe around 25 ish, I got this intense fear of flying that I never had before. And I knew a lot of other people who around that age, the same thing happened. It's so weird because I had flown so much and then i had this debilitating fear after that do
0: you know what that was what was the change in you what was there anything happening for you at the time in your life
2: it wasn't so much that something was happening at the time in my life i mean really the one one thing that changed was that i started a serious relationship with someone i really cared about who's now my husband but that maybe i never thought about that
0: suddenly you didn't want to die you were like life is like amazing oh my god I never thought about that yeah
2: well because I had read I had read that it was you're now becoming aware of your own mortality but Mm. that makes so much sense that okay I'm so happy and I think that something bad is gonna happen and kill me and and
0: (laughs) (laughs) and take that away from you that's it that's exactly probably what happened at the time 25 as well, we know now to be a real point where you actually, that's the age where you become an adult.
2: I can't even imagine when people say it's 18 (laughs) to look at an 18 year old. I'm like, you're just a baby.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And just going back, I think it would be helpful, like given your field in hypnotherapy, could you just talk a little bit about what the subconscious mind is?
0: Yeah. There's a brilliant book that's out at the moment called Thinking Fast and Slow, and it describes oh, yeah, it I've as of that. systems one and two, he describes it as. So system one, he he says, is, is the subconscious, and the subconscious is really like a deeper level of the mind where we hold all of our beliefs, our behaviors, our values, everything that we've kind of built this model up of what the world looks like is sort of held In our subconscious. And the conscious is actually just a very sort of almost small part of the mind, really, that just is almost like a decision maker that comes in and is a very conscious, sort of almost tries to act as the boss in deciding what you should be thinking about and what should be going on. With hypnosis, it kind of takes out the system two, the conscious mind, and just gets you purely into system one where you're able to access all of your beliefs, your behaviors, what you value and rearrange it. I mean, a good metaphor is like trying to sort of see it as like a warehouse where you can just go in there and turn the lights on fully. So that it's like four bright lights on this warehouse and get to see what's going wrong, what needs sorting out, shifting out. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just trying to do it consciously, it's like you've gone into the warehouse and you've just got this little torch and you're going around trying to find it, and you can't quite find it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just like putting full floodlights on to let's have a look at what needs to change, because certain limiting beliefs are there. All of your behaviors really come out of having limiting beliefs. The behaviors is like the final thing that you do wrong, if that makes sense. You get like a thought coming into your head, and then that thought then can take you anywhere. And the behavior is like the last result of that thought that you've had.
1: Wow. And what are some of the like the self-limiting beliefs that come up? I know for me, it always goes down even when I was going into the coaching school. But a lot of times it comes down to the belief that I'm not good enough or I should be doing something better. Is that something that's common? Because I know when we were doing the coaching that came up a lot for me and I think other people as well.
0: Of course, that's a very big one that a lot of people are going around feeling that they're not good enough or I'm not significant or I don't matter. I mean, all this stuff comes out of sort of beliefs that we formed as a child or things that we've taken on or things that people have said to us and then we start to form this sort of self image that isn't true you know there's a whole other different identity there that you can create which is based on all these fantastic things that people have said to you teachers that have loved you and yeah it's just getting it a reframe really on what you've been told or you know, from a child. I mean, I'm thinking things that my mother said to me as a child, you know, you're clumsy. And then you go around your whole life believing you're clumsy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Until you think, hang on, I'm not clumsy anymore. That's a really
1: old, outdated image of myself that somebody once said to me. You know, you're a parent now. How do you Knowing all this information, how do you then parent more consciously, I guess? Yeah. And then also, what advice could you give to other parents out there? It's really interesting when you're dealing
0: with your own patterns and children. <laughs> and they do, yeah, children, your own children can press your buttons and they, they bring up things that you go, wow, I've turned into my mother or I've turned <laughs> into my father. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you do sort of constantly correct because yeah, we are fighting against patterns that are are there. And part of hypnosis is the ability to break through those patterns, actually, ones that aren't working for you and get you into new patterns, new ways of thinking that are really empowering for you.
2: It feels like generally like in the collective conscious right now, there's more kind of light being shed on this idea of your subconscious programming from childhood, from things that you picked up, like you just talked about. I I read something, and I don't remember where, but I thought it was interesting and would love your take on it, that trauma, whether we may as a society perceive it to be very grave and terrible or something really small, might have the same impact on someone. So the example was someone who suffered from years of physical abuse May have the same level of trauma limiting belief as someone who suffered from being the golden child and put on a pedestal and programmed in that way. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's the way that you interpret things. For instance, Anthony Robbins sort of tells this story about two twins who had an alcoholic father, and one of the twins became an alcoholic, the other twin didn't touch alcohol. And when they were asked, why are you the way you are? They both said the same thing. Well, who wouldn't be like this with a father like ours? So it's always like the way that we interpret things Mm -hmm. and you can have a very different experience. It's how how you interpret and what story you tell yourself out of the events that have happened to you. I'm not saying that someone that's had like a terrible trauma. I mean, that's something they need help with. And that's something that I do deal with a lot in hypnosis. You know, I've had people that have come that have been raped or, you know, had extreme things happen to them that have had a lot of release work done through hypnosis and a lot of healing through that process. Because sometimes, I'm just going to put this out that people actually need to get rid of memories because they're so strong in their mind. So a lot of the work I do through the NLP as well is to lessen some of the impacts of that memory. And that can just be just fading it out, turning it down, making a really full color associated memory, totally black and white and dissociated and ripping it up. Or, you know, even that kind of work under hypnosis can be really powerful for trauma.
2: Wow. So just to, Make sure I kind of understand this correctly. And yeah, so essentially, like someone could come in to work with you having some issue in their life related to trauma, or maybe they don't even know and they just have terrible anxiety. And then through hypnosis, they work with you to uncover or go back to memories that they may not even know were there or know in the extent were there and either erase or reprogram that yes, memory
0: because the subconscious mind can remember everything and as i say consciously we choose to avoid or escape from things but actually once you remove that everything is there everything is remembered every experience really that you've ever had is there and after you know people having 3 to 6 sessions then they start to get deeper and deeper sometimes in terms of being able to release stuff
2: so you just touched on NLP, which I know is something else that you do. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and how the two might
0: yeah, work together? Yeah, NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. That was developed in the 1970s by Richard Bandler and John Grinder, who they went around and they found the best therapists of the time, which happened to be Milton Erickson, who was the godfather of hypnotherapy. Virginia Satir, Who was like a family therapist and Fritz Perls? They were all doing amazing work. And what they did is they just took the way they worked and sort of processed it and came up with all these NLP techniques. So I quite often, under hypnosis, will use NLP, or I sometimes do it without using hypnosis. But there's lots of tools that have come out of modeling those kind of people and their language patterns and how they work really well with people.
2: So is NLP more about the language pattern yeah. versus hypnosis going into the subconscious?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all part of the same thing. Mm. It's like, you know, we, we use what we call the meta model and Milton model, which Milton model is that sort of gets a, a client sort of chunked up to their highest idea about themselves. And the meta model is to Get chunks all the way down to what is really limiting them. So through that sort of process, you get to know really what's going on for them across their whole sort of interior world.
1: And what about like with relationships? Like how does the subconscious mind or like either through hypnotherapy or NLP in your practice, how have you seen people choosing different types of partners based on limiting beliefs in their subconscious mind or just in our conscious mind even. Have you seen a lot of that? People will tend to pick the same
0: patterns that they've been through with their own parents or we're looking to heal parts of ourselves, I think. So a lot of the time, yeah, the relationships that we choose are ones that are kind of healing us, I would say, until you meet your I don't know if you believe in soulmates, but I kind of didn't until I met my husband. And then I was like, wow, okay, this person does exist that gets me completely, that allows me to be myself. Up until then, I think all my relationships were just playing out, stuff I hadn't resolved with my own family. How would you describe how you knew that your husband was your soulmate? I just recognized him when I first saw him, which is a really weird thing to say, isn't it? Wow. That's but so I thought, cool. I know you. And funny enough, when I first met his mother, she said to me, I know you. I know you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so wow. it was really strange. And yeah, there was another strange thing about it is when I was a child, I used to walk along the, this cliff and point out this house and say to my mum, that's my house, and when he first took me down to meet his parents, they lived in that house. Oh, wow. oh, my, gosh. Yeah, oh my, so my God. Jesus. That was a little bit creepy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Are you spiritual? Yes, yeah. I am. I wonder I am. if that, I mean, you said that and I thought, I wonder if you've known your past lives there or with this person. Yeah. Oh, I
0: think definitely there's something of that too. Yeah. And also... Yeah, what we were talking about before about time, who's to say that the future, well, doesn't exist at the same time, or as a child, you have access to that, and I could see my future life. You know, time is a really strange thing. And I I love working with clients when you take them forward into their future, and they start to design this amazing future Mm -hmm. that can exist for them. I love doing that kind of work. Yeah,
2: I love thinking through that. And it can be hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes. But that idea that we may be having a simultaneous experience in this world and our life might not be linear.
1: Like the whole quantum yeah. mechanics, like any decision that you didn't make is happening in another lifetime at the same time. Well, I've done past
0: life work with certain clients, have flipped back into that anyway without mm-hmm. me needing to do that with them. Sometimes Ugh. people need to resolve things that are, are not part of this time. You know, I had a woman in here who felt incredibly lonely in this life and she said, I don't know why I do because I've got a husband, I've got my children, I've got all this going on. And when she went back into this past life, she was a knight in a forest in Germany and completely sort of lonely, had this lonely death and had kind of brought it into this life with her, this horrible feeling. Um, so once she released that, she's like, "I don't have to die alone in a forest." <laughs> yeah, you know, and that yeah. was just her own. Who's to say with this kind of stuff? I think you know, if even if it's metaphorical and it helps the client, they're they're accessing deeper parts of themselves that allow them to make progress in this life.
2: There is a. I don't know how she describes herself. She says she's sort of a mystic mother healer. Her name is Srimati and I follow her work. And and she says, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. And we may be having a simultaneous experience as well. And I think about that a lot. And I think that it's relevant with this work as we think about hypnotherapy and the subconscious and the work you just mentioned around past life regression that those are things to be mindful of that could be impacting our experience, right?
0: Of course. And I think a lot of people are sort of becoming more conscious.
2: Have you seen other examples in your, in your work where a past life came through and was breakthrough for someone? Yeah, I had a
0: client that had a public speaking fear. And she went right back. We just did some timeline. And I was like, where are you? And she said, oh, I'm about to be stoned. And I said, really, what, in this life? And she's like, no, no, I can see all these. It almost was like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. style going yeah, on. Wow. And she said, I'm just so humiliated. I'm so humiliated. I can't believe this is happening. And and then she had a massive release and the public speaking fear just went in this lifetime wow. for her accessing that. Again, I just don't know. I'm just always amazed by the subconscious, how people resolve their own issues I just guide people around. I I never sort of impose what I think onto
1: them. I just you know let them go with their own yeah metaphors. And yeah. Are you leading them to the like doing a past life regression on them, or not is it necessarily? More I just say the- you, you're, it's a process, and you know you will go back
0: to where you need to go back to to where the root of this issue lies, and then I just let them do the rest of that work and. Most people don't go back into past life, but some people access different things yeah. under hypnosis. It depends how deep somebody goes and how open they are to that. Because obviously I see people from all different walks of life and religions who don't have those views. Right. Um, yeah. So you are sort of working with people like who have a Muslim background or a Jewish background mm-hmm. or So it's just, you know, I have to be very mindful of, you know, what a client's perception is as
2: well. I know that we want to be mindful of time for you, but I want to just get back to what Catherine had brought up on the relationships piece. If we can talk about that a little bit more, you mentioned that even in your own experience, you had been, I may be saying this wrong, but you had been replaying programming or repeating a cycle from, from childhood in, in relationships prior to when you met your now husband. What might that look like? And how might someone know if that's what's happening with them? I think that sometimes there can be challenges in our relationships and you can look at it and, and think, okay, am I repeating this? Or is it something that I need to work on within myself and maybe I need to block a limiting belief?
0: I think, look, deep down, you would know if you're with the right person. Mm. And a lot of my work is, you know, I've helped people get out of very bad relationships. Some people are not even aware that they're in a bad relationship or a relationship where it's like the drama cycle going on, or they're playing out all these different things. And, you know, sometimes that becomes the option for them is to just break free from that. And, you know, I'll be helping them to make those changes. Other times, you know, you're with somebody for a reason you're healing each other it depends really on the other person I would say whether they're willing to sort of make make the change because the more conscious you become in yourself the more conscious your partner needs to become as well if somebody's working with me and they're getting all these breakthroughs and the other person isn't having that or is remaining the same that can be difficult I tried to do couples once and I stopped doing that because I ended up favoring one over the other.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Whoever was putting the effort in, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. But are there ways that someone might be able to identify that in their day to day?
0: I would say, you know, it's just more about we're trusting your gut mm. as opposed to always, you know, being in your head or or coming down into your heart area. We're all, we're very connected. There's different systems running in there. I mean, it's, it's kind of improved that the heart has its own little brain going on. So, we're very connected through our hearts yeah. to each other. And then the gut has a brain the size of a cat's brain as well. So, you know, if you think about that intuitively, we know a lot more. This is like the first brain, the gut brain. Yeah. That we, we're spending far too much time up here all the time instead of just dropping down into our bodies and really truly connecting with what we really know. Yeah. We know so much. We have ancient wisdom. Yeah. We can connect with ourselves.
2: Wait, so what, it, what is the gut brain?
0: It's a little cat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it is actually the size of a cat. It has, you know, a few sort of different neurons and things going on there. And it they've ha- actually done a lot of research ar- around it so that it is very intuitive. It knows things.
2: Wow. So it's yeah. like a physical part of the gut or is more of a feeling thing? Yeah.
0: Like, you know how you sometimes you hear people say, oh, I just feel it. I know it. I sense it. Right. It's that. You know the gut brain; it has its own brain, yes, and it's connected to this brain through the parasympathetic nervous system.
2: So the gut brain is exists within the parts of our gut that we know exist, kind of that would show up on a scan. The brain is not a separate piece, but it it exists within. Yes,
0: I mean I'm not a a neuroscientist, but I like I've been to people that have spoken about all these things, and yeah, it's very very interesting.
2: Do you have any tips or recommendations when it comes to advising someone on feeling into their gut and their own, you know, what we might call intuition, you know, everything that you just talked about in terms of feeling it in your gut, how do we access that if we feel like we're disconnected from it? Through hypnosis Mm -hmm. or
0: meditation. A lot more people are getting into meditation these days, which I feel is really good just to switch off that sort of the overthinking part of the brain and just bring you back into alignment with how you want to be, really.
2: Do you have a preferred style of meditation?
0: I sort of do more of a sort of clearing. I like to Mm. just just clear when I'm meditating. I don't like to have any sort of voices or apps or Mm -hmm. any of that kind of thing. I quite often my way of meditating would be just to walk by the ocean, just the patterns of the ocean and the currents. And
2: you're in a good place for that. (laughs) (laughs) You can just let
0: go of that conscious brain, and I sometimes get great insight and creative insight if I'm walking by the
2: ocean. Yeah, I'm like that too. I love to look at water or trees in the wind, and I feel like that's my most meditative state. Rather
0: than being a person that just sits, because that can be, yeah, sometimes yeah, just good hard. to walk and let it
1: go. And that's yeah. a great meditation. Yeah. Or running. I love running. Yeah. For me, that's very meditative. Well, well, I, we have a little bit of a fun question for you, too. What do you think is the purpose for us being on this earth? Like, what are we doing here from your perspective? Wow. That's a big, big question. Um, Maybe it's not that fun.
2: Um, <laughs> you want to
0: ask a <laughs> Which is fun. It is fun. No wrong uh, answer. Don't need to get serious. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can keep um, it light
2: if you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: wow. I think, look, it varies from person to person, I would say. I think we're all here remembering we're all learning different things. If you listen to the, like the work of people like Brian Wise, he's like a past life regressionist, he would say that we're, coming here to a school of life where we're learning different things and then we go back dependent on what we've done in this life that we go back and sort of look at the stuff that we've done here and then you're deciding on your next life by you know how conscious you've been on this life and the things that you've achieved you know, I I feel like we've all had a, we've all got a very strong. I've always had a very strong connection to purpose and being mm-hmm. here to help others and and want to help make people ha- have powerful change. So that's all always been my what I've come to as my journey. So for me, that would be why I'm here is to help people to be their best selves and live their optimal lives and if I can do that then I would I think I've done a good job and I've done what I set out to do kind of thing that's
2: beautiful I love that well where can people find you if they were interested in working with you
0: They can find me. I'm here in Macquarie Street in Sydney. That's where I have my clinic. But I do do Skype and I do sort of clients from all over the world these days that people do come into Sydney from other places to see me. I've got another company going on as well that um, I'm going more into working with businesses and, and people with emotional resilience and emotional intelligence which I'm calling interpersonal intelligence these days. People are, it's just people are meet, needing help more with communication.
2: Yeah, we so need that in the corporate world. Yeah, that's great.
0: So that's my next project. But I'd I love to be
1: here and, and see people one on one here in my clinic in Sydney awesome well we'll let people know on the show notes as well where they can get in contact with you and link to your website and everything okay thank you that's yeah. great it's been really lovely speaking to you both today well, well thank you Julia. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you so much as always it's amazing to speak with you if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show